Not Paul. Let's quickly take it in turns to name 13 character traits for an ensemble adventure group. So like one word adjective for like 13 characters. Uh, stinky. Stinky. Zealous. Uh, boorish. Blase. Short. <laughs> or dimi- diminutive. Ah. <laughs> Gassy? I feel that's similar to stinky, but I'll allow it. Oh, yeah. Well, Gassy, like, he's always just a little bit... You know? It doesn't smell, though. That's that's Stinky's domain. It doesn't smell. Uh, yeah. Is this the dwarves, <laughs> or is it the 13 warriors? <laughs> um, Got more characterization off the dwarf. Confused. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, shit. That, I was going to say my next one, cute but dumb. <laughs> but that's just, you know, kind of cute. You know, everyone likes it. Yeah, everyone likes yeah. this guy. Oh, uh, well, okay, uh, fecund. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. highly fertile ensemble character. Highly. <laughs> you have no idea about this guy. Uh, oblivious. <laughs> it's just not... Oblivious, no idea where he is, what he's up to. He's just in the back of the frame every scene, just like... <laughs> Crunchy. Crunchy. Shit, I need one more. Uh, picturesque. Oh, it's very... <laughs> He's definitely in every frame, staring wistfully into the distance. <laughs> We've got a great hotel room. It's got a lovely um, view of Bron, the picturesque. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure all of our characters in our adventure movie will be <laughs> extremely memorable now. And extremely merchandisable. Yes. gods as it can get honestly <laughs> i am paul several bears and goodman has decided to let me take on our guest solo for the time being so that he can concentrate on keeping his butt as shiny as physically possible perhaps that means i'll be shaking things up a bit in the future like getting multiple guests on at once but for now i've got all the fill i can fill myself with sorry um, it's <laughs> phil from be. baby beard <laughs> hello Thanks for having Hello. me on once again. Uh, I've brought a real movie uh. for you this time. <laughs> it's an actual... What, what are you saying about Anaconda? Oh, mm. okay. I, I forgot I brought Anaconda. Yeah, that's a real movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fucking stone cold classic, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so is this. So is this. Absolutely so is this, because Phil has insisted on turning his sword into a knife by recommending Die Hard. <laughs> Director John McTiernan's 1993 historical action flop, The 13th Warrior. <laughs> fortunate to have the love of the most beautiful woman in the kingdom. Unfortunately, she was the king's wife, and he was banished forever. Now, this man of peace has wandered into a land at war against an enemy that comes without warning and leaves without a trace. They are demons. You must know that 13 men have been chosen to destroy this evil. What the hell are you saying? The 13th man is you. Now, one man. Tell them I am no warrior. Who has never known courage. <laughs> of that they are aware. Will join 12 warriors. I cannot lift this. Grow stronger. Who have never known fear. Let's go, little brother. I do not enjoy heights and become something he never dreamed possible. Prepare yourself. One of them. From Michael Crichton, author of Jurassic Park, and John McTiernan, director of Die Hard. I am not a warrior. Very soon. The 13th Warrior. Sorry I sampled so much of that, everyone. Um, It was just sublime. <laughs> and Michael Crichton's. And Michael Crichton, yes, because after Jurassic Park, Hollywood essentially rushed to adapt other Michael Crichton novels. 
Um, because it's definitely down to him that that movie was great. Yes. Stephen who? <laughs> well, do you know he did the reshoots on this and the rear? Yes, he most certainly yes, did. Yes, yes. So it's almost more his than Tiernan's. <laughs> it, it definitely is. because Yeah, so McTernan... Or McTiernan, sorry. Uh, he produces an adaptation of um, Crichton's Eaters of the Dead, the much better title, <laughs> which retold Beowulf from the perspective of real-life traveling 10th century Muslim Arab scholar Ahmad Ibn Fadlan. Uh, and this movie kind of tells Beowulf from the perspective of real-life traveling 10th century Muslim Arab scholar Ah. God damn it, twice. <laughs> Ahmed Ibn Fadlan. I tripped over it twice. God, I'm an idiot. As played by Mexican <laughs> Antonio Banderas. <laughs> oh, my God. I imagine at this stage he was a name. Had I, Desperado done big business? I, I mean, I guess. Oh, this would have been around Mask of Zorro. Oh, of course. Yes, he was yeah. big na- He's adventurous leading man. Um, yeah. Slash slash poet. <laughs> Perfect for this role. <laughs> Originally made in 1998, the film was delayed by poor test screenings, leading to McTiernan storming off the project, forcing Crichton to take over directing duties during the reshoots, which included a more commercially viable ending. Love that. How do you find the movie? Uh, well, it was okay, but oh, that ending. It's, it's just so so viable it's just not well unfortunately it it wasn't that commercially viable because this is well no famously enormous flop so uh. (laughs) it's the biggest flop that started with the critics because the critics could taste neither fermentation of grape nor of wheat oh my way of saying they didn't like it um jeff andrews at timeout said at its best this achieves the beauty and grandeur of a kurosawa epic at its worst however it feels like a python remake of the vikings I mean, sold. That sounds yeah, great. Okay, yeah, I would like that. <laughs> yeah. I'd watch the shit out of that every day. <laughs> Public, on the other hand, wanted us to think they were bears, by which I mean they liked it. I don't know. Uh, John G on Google says, a severely underrated movie. It was way ahead of its time. If this had released after Vikings, Skyrim, and Game of Thrones, it would have been one of the most popular films of the year. A damn shame. At least it exists now for us to watch, though. Uh, yes, I, I enjoy this much more in the context of Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> this has reminded me so much of Skyrim, and I like that. People watching it back in '99, this is nothing like Ocarina of Time. <laughs> I hate this. If only there were a hit video game that would be re-released for 20 years <laughs> that I could put this into some context with. <laughs> oh God, it's yeah, very overdue for a revisit. Um, Antonio Banderas is a foreman, and deservedly so, frankly. Sometimes you they they are in multiple ones of our films and you think oh that's a shame oh old antonio's not done himself any favors he was in life itself do little and ballistic x versus sever god that's <laughs> that those, those aren't even the the weirdly bad films i know him for <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah we could have gone further and we may well one day go further with mr banderas maybe i'll just keep bringing uh, antonio banderas <laughs> films what would be top of your head next next pick well, it depends how well they're received, but something like, you know, Desperado or or um, oh, Once, Desperado. Once Upon a Time in Mexico, I think wasn't that now, well Now, that would received. be an interesting shout. Yeah, agreed. And that would be very interesting to revisit because when I was a teenager, I used to watch that a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember <laughs> loving it, but not in yeah. a way that, like, this is a genuinely good film. <laughs> oh, this is a fun <laughs> film. And yet this film didn't even have Enrique Iglesias in it, so... <laughs> And and it suffers for it, frankly. <laughs> Somehow it managed. Um, one other three men to mention, which is John DeSantis. Uh, he's a three man thanks to his appearances in Little Man, which we watched about ten minutes off with some of your fellow bearders. Okay. Um, and Ballistic X versus Sever. So I guess it's all about who you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, free to a man, free in a bush, free, free. Yo. Films are shit, mate. So they were in that together. Antonio yeah, yeah. and Antonio and, and DeSantis. John DeSantis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I looked at pictures of the guy. He's a big guy. I'm surprised I don't recognize him more readily from right. his terrible films he's done. <laughs> he's presumably one of the Vikings. I'm going to call them the Vikings. I know they're not. <laughs> they're Northmen. Come on. They're Northmen. Northmen. Yes, not a three men, but a Northman. <laughs> That's right. I'll tell you what else. This is One Good Thing's second Michael Crichton adaptation after Congo. So maybe we could take on Richard Donner's timeline at some stage to make him a three-man. I've heard it's bad. I've not seen it. <laughs> I, th- I think it. I think it's. It would be nice to have an adaptation man. 
rather than literally <laughs> appearing in the film. It's just his stories. <laughs> his stories, his concept, his essence. Yes. Has now appeared in three of our picks. He does get about that Michael Crichton. Some of the things he's written that then get adapted are very... I mean, that's a vivid imagination, really, to have written Jurassic Park and Eaters of the Dead slash The Thirteenth Warrior. And one I, that pops into my mind is uh, is one about a cloud of uh, nanorobots that Ooh. kills people, that his, oh. which, whose name escapes me. It might be Prey or something. Uh, oh, that rings a bell. Yeah, well, the one that sticks in my head is that he wrote Sphere, which for me was two-thirds a really good film. He wrote the novel that became Sphere with uh, Samuel Jackson and, um, oh God, weirdly, Dustin Hoffman as your charismatic lead character. (laughs) Not related to Cube. (laughs) Not related to Cube, unfortunately, but makes a great double bill. (laughs) And triple bill if you get Triangle involved as well. (laughs) Pyramid. They've got to be 3D shapes. (laughs) Oh shit, you're right. Is there a pyramid? There must be a pyramid film. There must be a pyramid. Come on. It's going to be out there. Dodecahedron. This <laughs> this summer. <laughs> John Cusack in. I don't know why. The uh, face of evil. Because <laughs> it's got lots of face. Anyway, it's a I math stroke. It. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, the 13th Warrior has 6.6 on IMDb, 33% on Rotten Tomatoes, and made $61 million back on a budget of $160 million, making it one of the biggest box office flops in history. As a matter of fact, if you were to adjust for inflation, it has the third highest estimated loss of all time behind John Carter and that Lone Ranger movie they made a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I read on IMDb in the, in the trivia section that they mm. dispute that the costs yes. were that much. Uh, yes. Which well, may be them just trying to save face. It may be, but yes, $160 million is an approximate amount, so it's not... It's not solid, but... It did lose a lot of money. It lost some money. Come on, John McTiernan's not been that much around since. (laughs) Uh, And who knows where Michael Crichton is in the past. (laughs) So, Phil, you pig-eating son of a pure woman from a noble family. Mm. What's one thing about the 13th Warrior that made you want to live the next few minutes well? (laughs) By which I mean, how come you recommended this? Uh, so this this comes to me uh, from the annals of time. Uh, it's something I watched in high school. I believe it mm. was shown to me by like a either like an English lit teacher or maybe oh, like wow. a teacher when I was like doing like Latin or some other dead language. Because uh, I did yeah. do Latin in high school for a bit. You had a better high school than me. <laughs> Possibly. We did statistics. Oh God. Bad. But I remember them being like, okay, the language stuff at the beginning is really cool because it's quite well researched and they do actually kind of like take some care with the languages used and the translation and stuff. And it's it's kind right. of like a good fun way of like how looking at how the different languages of that time might have interacted. Mm. The rest of the movie is kind of crazy and, and butchers <laughs> Beowulf. Yeah. But we'll watch the whole thing anyway. <laughs> so that's how I first watched this movie. <laughs> And then because I, I want was... to take a smoking break. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the old oh, we're wheeling out, we're wheeling out the uh, the old CRT TV again. You know, on the on oh, the shit, yeah. on its wagon. You know, um, as it was meant to be seen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I think I was listening to Radio National, which is our sort of BBC Radio Four in in oh, Australia. Yes, I here. should say so. Uh, and I think I was I was, just, I was listening to someone talk about a new translation of Beowulf, and I think that's what planted yeah. the seed. For this movie, mm. and why, when I was asked to come on again, this is what popped up. Um, mm. it, it just appeared in my head one day, and it's like, yeah, yeah, that movie. <laughs> I haven't seen that in years. Uh. I wonder how well it was received. <laughs> Not well. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I read a really interesting thing about an update of um, Beowulf. This is a total aside, but um, the the poem starts low. You know, low. Behold, this mm. is the story of Beowulf. And in updating, I think it might have even been Simon Armitage. Actually, it was Seamus Heaney. And um, he, I think he started his um, translation with a modern equivalent. And the modern equivalent of starting a story in such a way is so. So. <laughs> so he started his adaptation with so. Here's the thing. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, guy. I thought you when you said modern parlance, I thought, I thought you were yeah. going to say, check it out. <laughs> Sup, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, you shit yet, Simon Armitage? Seamus Heaney. <laughs> we reppin' Beowulf. Yeah. Oh my god, you've just reminded me that my school did once legitimately give us a plot rundown of Macbeth in the style of Ali G. <laughs> it was a bad day for the British educational system. <laughs> That generation did not cure anything. <laughs> anyway, let's get down to a rundown of what happens in the 13th Warrior. Yes, let's. Yes. So we start with Benderis in... Framing device. In framing device. Oh, yes, of course. We start with him on a boat looking unhappy. But it wasn't always this way. It wasn't. It wasn't. Here's some exposition for you. <laughs> yeah. He's in a, a, a lovely uh, Arabian sort of place. I can't remember if it gets specified. There's a very fade. There's a map that that sort of very quickly oh, yes. scrolls <laughs> and it sort of fades away. No, no don't. <laughs> Middle East somewhere. <laughs> well, it, he's shown looking at a hot chick and then he gets fr- sent to the frozen north. Bloody cancel culture. Yeah, I know, right? I fell in love with the wrong <laughs> yeah. one. So he's definitely got the not gays already. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't worry about these. First, don't worry about the other twelve warriors. Strictly off limits. He's an ambassador now. He's got to go. Yes. Uh, so him and Omar Sharif have to travel yes. north. <laughs> Here's Omar Sharif, everyone. One of the great, <laughs> greatest actors of our time. There he is. There. There. Yeah. No, there next to him. <laughs> I mean, he does. He he does a pretty serviceable turn in this. Just... Oh, he does a great job. Yeah, I just love how bluntly they introduce Omar Sharif. <laughs> <laughs> He's my guy with an unpronounceable name. He's my friend. <laughs> They get rescued from an attack by Tartars uh, by some Vikings. Is this Age of Empires? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, not too bad. Vikings did go all over the, the European yes, they did. continent um, and beyond. When I was looking for a, uh, a quote to sample, one of them was a very defensive one saying, you know, they could have gotten hold of a gladiator helmet because one of them's wearing like a gladiator helmet. Yes, but the full plate armor that wasn't invate- invented for 600 years <laughs> is, is a bit of a That's stretch. a bit trickier. Yeah. Look, they yeah. got all over. You don't want to know about where they went. So it's a bit of a... <laughs> that's right. That's right. They... <laughs> They're time traveling Vikings. Uh, just... Shit, yeah. That's in the prequel. Um, and, and they... <laughs> the they... 12th Warrior. They have a bit of culture shock. Uh, yes. They decide because he's an ambassador, he has to talk to anyone they meet. Um, yeah. That's just what ambassadors do. Um, <laughs> of course. So they go and they try to find your headman, your king. Yes. <laughs> and they, yes, they get taken to a funeral they're having, a sort of funeral drink a fun that they're experiencing. And tomorrow's going to be the funeral for the people who get killed at this funeral. <laughs> so it's a um, ongoing cycle. That's, that's right. Someone does get. Slaughtered over yeah. a spilt drink during this. Yeah. <laughs> yes, by isn't it? Isn't he killed by our great, not quite Beowulf? I yes. forget his name Bullof. in this. Like Bullof. Beowulf. Bullof. 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 Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, and that's right. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Yes, the Vikings are pretty gross and weird. But then a, a creepy boy shows up. He's here to make Beowulf happen because there's a terrible monster attacking mm. King Hrothgar's uh, kingdom. Uh, a monster who must not be named because it will annoy Beowulf fans when he is named. <laughs> Plus, we need to we need to, some element of mystery until the second act. So don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. There's going to be great ca- uh, crowd recognition. Don't you worry about that, folks. Thanos. <gasps> <laughs> I do. I do, I do want to talk about this section. It's it's kind of interesting. Um, okay. It's, it's one of the reasons I, I like this part of the film mm. is, is uh-huh. that um, they say try Greek, so he starts talking in Greek. And one of uh, ah. the person who translates for him, for them, the Northman who translates for them, actually answers in Latin. And then Ooh. they switch to Latin. The subtitles say they're still speaking Greek, but they actually switch to Latin Ooh. from that stage. I so, like that. So, yeah, what happens is they're trying different languages. He tries Greek. The Northman goes, oh, ha- uh, oh, it tries Latin. He says tabernacle. He's in the tabernacle. Um, mm. As in he's in the tent back there. And then they yeah. then start translating in in latin and so you've got this scene where they're all talking in basically it's modern norwegian oh. as a standard yeah, sure. for norse yeah it standard it sounded super super scandy from my experience yes. of sort of scandinavian cinema it sounded very much just oh that sounds like swedish which, you know, <laughs> I, guess. I think it's modern norwegian with some swedish words right so he's right, they're yeah. speaking Nor- norwegian uh, he's translating into Latin, and then Omar Sharif is translating into English, which is our stand-in for mm. Arabic. So we've got yes, this that's... whole chain of language happening 
for the it benefit of us. And it's really fun. And instead of having it all all just subtitled, we have Yes. We have them sort of like desperately trying to follow along. Yes. And they do a thing later on where they indicate that um, uh, he has learned, you know, this Norwegian, this uh, Scandinavian language in a way that is very, I think, intuitive and does allow you to have the rest of the film in English while still communicating the idea of a language barrier, mm. which, yeah, is very clever, I think. The old, the wise lady of this village. The angel of death. The angel of death. She says that they need 13 men, but they only have 12. Well, I don't want to go, says Banderas. Well, look, she says we need 13 and we can't have any more Northmen. Yeah. Well, we, why do you need 13? It's the number of months in the year. All right, I'll go. Makes so. sense. <laughs> we'll go with that. I, I love how readily he accepts. He's like, the last warrior is you. And he's like, gulp. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's not like, no. <laughs> no, no, no. He just walks out, walks back to uh, Ra- Arabia. Rather not, actually. Um... <laughs> what's, the, uh, what's the Latin and or Greek for fuck no? <laughs> I ain't doing that. And then we miss all our opportunities to characterize any of the 13 people. We do, rather. Uh, <laughs> we have a stirring scene in which each of them stands up in their own distinct um, way, in accordance with their own particular idiom. Yeah. And uh, then then they head off, and uh, Banderas learns Scandinavian by squinting really hard. Yes, that's um, right. my facetious way of referring to that brilliant scene. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> dropping a vicious comeback it, it, very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> she probably was some smoke-collared camp girl. Looks like that one's murder. <laughs> My mother was a pure woman from a noble family. And I at least know who my father is. You. Big-eating son of a whore. They're very patient. I respect that about them. (laughs) But he gets their respect back by being really good on a horse. That's going to be important later. In front of a green screen. (laughs) Early, early medieval green screen. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Dark age green screen. There's just a couple of, there's just a couple of green screens in this. Like there's a, there's a very bad green screen boat in the aforementioned (laughs) opening. Yes, there really is. Isn't there? I was worried at that point. I was like, oh wow, is this the movie? But I think they were sort of flexing and being like, look, we have rendered a a, a scene using (laughs) only computers. (laughs) (laughs) And, and then, yeah, they have him, they have the horse do a leap. And they green screen yeah. for some reason. It's like, you know, horses can jump. It's a thing they can do. We don't need to fake horses. This. Horses can't jump. <laughs> so they they arrive at Edoras. I mean, Hirot, I assume, uh, where King Feod and Hrofka um, asked them to kill Grendel. I mean, Wendel? Wendel? Wendel. The Wendel. Yes. The Wendel folk. And they so, come in yes. the mist. Shit, I've done that on a cold cold September morn. But September? <laughs> oh, no. But anyway, there was not nearly enough mist. But was, oh, no. <laughs> should have picked a better month for that. Don't forget that there's there's some sort of mm. small drama with the king's son <gasps> that oh, doesn't yes. really get developed properly, but is set up here. Uh, he just doesn't he doesn't really like them. No, it doesn't really explain <laughs> I don't like why. Them. I don't like this guy. <laughs> uh, he thinks they're going to usurp the throne, I think, is is the right. deal. Yeah. But he sort yeah, of challenges them at this point. He's like, oh. Maybe more on this later. And he goes off. Mm. Um, so now they do a bit of CSI Scandinavia because they go and find out that a whole family got grendled up by the Wendells. Because there's a, a boy. A boy is running across the heath. That's right. A haunting naked boy running across the heath. And he's all messed up because he's seen some bad things done by some people dressed as bears. Yes, and they've been <laughs> nod upon. Ugh. Oh, we've also, we've also, I have to, I have to go back. We've, we've, no, we've it's... missed one of my favorite lines in the whole movie, right? Um, <laughs> when, when Antonio Banderas's Mexicanity comes roaring through. <laughs> um, Love it. Omar Sharif waves goodbye to the movie by saying, "Go with God," um, <laughs> and he says. Are you listening? You listening? <laughs> There's a lot of very crunchy Hispanic syllables going it's, on in it's, there. It's like I watched this with my wife. Listening. And, are, are you listening? 
And and my wife just cracked <laughs> up at that one. Are you listening? And she's like, he's so obviously Mexican with that line. Why? Why? Why is he cast as this Islamic scholar? Um, we are pitching this for Middle America. It'll be fine. <laughs> That's right. They will not mind. But yeah. Anyway, he's. They like, will not mind. And he, when we say Middle America, we I mean Middle US. Middle America are laughing as well. <laughs> <laughs> the continent. He uh, he throws up here because he's soft. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a soft. He's a soft boy. God bless him. And he's got some toughening up to do, and he's going to have to do it quick, because it turns out that the Wendell isn't a big horrible monster, but a bunch of guys you can have a cool fight with. That's so, right. So um, it's they well, come and I mean, sneak in. It's not that cool. It's very <laughs> well, dark. You know, it's very dark. You can't see much. They come and attack in the night, and they There's... get quite close to the king in doing so. Yes, uh, they 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 <laughs> pop a few people's heads off uh, as if yep. they're removing a grape from the stem. It's, it's remarkably easy. At this point, I'm like, so they're not supernatural. That's yeah. what they're telling us. But they can just yeah, someone's head off. So <laughs> there's just crazy, crazy beat strong every time. You know, <laughs> if true. you're crazy enough, you could just yank someone's head off with the pull of a with a snap of the wrist. Uh, Antonio, uh, he 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 um, acquits himself quite nicely in the scene. He does gut one of them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Does well, and um. We lose a couple of unnamed warriors. We lose two of their men, so there's still enough of them to rob a casino if they have to. <laughs> so we should be okay. Um, but yes, now it's time to fortify this place and do a bit of a seven samurai. Bandaris gains a few levels in blacksmithing, which is uh, quite handy. Just, just <laughs> not how, good not how any of that works. <laughs> You just shave a bit off a sword and make it into a scimitar. Yeah, that that sword will not be compromised in any way. Um, <laughs> it's going to be great. It would take an afternoon with a grindstone to just shape a sword uh, into a sword that that wasn't popular until... Okay, I'm just being a nerd here. But it wasn't popular I love it, though. until the Turks came through much later. Anyway. If you listen to our JFK episode, it is fucking impenetrable. I have made that episode... <laughs> A brick wall of facts that will keep out any entertainment value whatsoever. So do not you worry about a very honestly interesting fact about scimitars, That's which right. I can't get enough of. Here we have to we have to introduce the semi love interest, Olga. Yes. She oh has... God, there's a love interest. I forgot about her. She sort of shows what up. What happens to her? She she she. she, she <laughs> well, um, spoilers. We'll get there. They they <laughs> don't sleep together. I think the last time we see her That's is when right. she touches. Antonio's leg right. when he's leaving camp. <laughs> I think Ooh, it's the saucy. last we see of her. Um, I think that's right. Yeah, they, they kind of they kind of pull their punches on that one, which I kind of appreciate actually. I'm just like, please don't do this. <laughs> well, exactly. They've got another romance to develop between Antonio Panteras and Beowulf. Yes, so they've got to. It's very true. Focus their screen time where um, it matters. But her function here is to show up and tell um, and warn them that the king's son. Mm. Is uh, an antagonist. She's like, look at him. He's yes. look at him being an antagonist in the distance. Uh, and so they formulate a plan to mm. to kill one of the other nobles. Right, which I misread at this stage because I thought, oh look, it's time for a cute character building duel between the Vikings and one of the locals. That'll uh, really demonstrate that these guys aren't to be messed with. And, oh fuck, I misread that. <laughs> he just lops his fucking head off. Boom. <laughs> Um, so that's to put the sun in place. Yes, because right. as as they obscurely don't explain very well, now they're an unknown quantity. Yes, he's been assessing our strength since the beginning, and now right. because I hid how strong I was until the end of this fight, he doesn't know. Yes. And so the yes. king's son storms off and out of the movie. <laughs> so Bye. long. See you in another edit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's that, that's the end of that storyline. And it's really not a big obstacle for them. But I love it. Uh, oh. um, well, here's a bigger obstacle because we're skipping Grendel and his mum for now. And we're going straight to the dragon. Oh, the dragon is also a lot of people you can have a cool fight with. Right? <laughs> with They just happen to be carrying a lot of torches um yes yeah, burnham wood here it comes presumably they just have a lot of pitch i guess um yes <laughs> they keep it in the cave yeah so they come down in single file oh, so God. they look coincidentally like a serpent of fire <laughs> any literary scholars will be mildly amused by this they they reckon <laughs> <laughs> oh god so there's a big fight yes th this fight is a little more comprehensible than the last one i feel yes. like 
Um, Agreed. I remember things happening and recognizing that. And they sort of, you kind of get the feeling that they're falling back through their defensive lines. Um, We lose a couple more of the 13 warriors. Um, I think we actually lose five, according to my notes. I think we lose five of them. So now they only have enough to become a beloved American sitcom of the 90s. Mm, mm. But they do survive. They survive the night. Yes. Um, Good on them. Uh, what what precipitates the next part? I, I... They need some adv- They need to know how to conclude the movie, so they consult <laughs> with their village elder. That's right. And yeah, she says, defeat the woman who leads them, and the movie will definitely end at that point. You're just dead. It'll end. You'll have won. Everything will be great after that. Oh, great. We'll go do that then. Yeah. Also get the one with the horns. What? <laughs> no. Also him. Yeah. <laughs> do you, yeah, get the one with the horns. Do you have their sexy statue? And they're like, yeah, we got their st- sexy statue, says Antonio <laughs> Banderas, who's found some armor at this point and is, <laughs> is slowly becoming a badass now. Um, <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's the real arc of the film. He becomes Antonio Banderas. In the last scene, he's like, he looks at one of their painted yeah. their faces and he's like, he's a man. He is a man. Yeah. Which further develops <laughs> the theme of what we don't know scares us. So when he knows uh, that they are a men, he becomes more brave and can kill them. Yes. Indiscriminately. <laughs> They're just men I can kill. This, this, this movie <laughs> has themes, don't you know? There are themes running all the way through that movie <laughs> and this podcast, if you look carefully enough. She says they're in the oh. ground, uh, which yeah. that, that puzzles them a lot. They're like, who could live in the ground? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> um, are they rabbits? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 okay. oh, they're in a cave. Caves. Oh. oh, caves are in yeah. the ground. Oh. oh, which they figure out, they figure out in an unnecessarily <laughs> obtuse way because they're like, oh, they think they're bears. So yeah. ca- bears live in caves. Yes, that makes sense. That makes Let's perfect. go get them. So, yeah, they get Grendel's mum or whatever it is that we're using as an equivalent to that. And then they swim out of the cave. She looks strangely like an African priestess, but okay. With a, a snake, <laughs> a snake in the frozen north. Okay, sure. Uh, Why not? They must have snakes up there, right? They got you there? world serpents and stuff. Um, <laughs> Michael Crichton's general advice on this. Were you there? Uh, I don't think so. One of the changes they made from the movie is that she, uh, mm. from the book, is that she's an old woman in the book. And Michael Crichton was like, probably ah. probably won't look good if they slaughter an old woman. <laughs> probably will look great if that's the climax to my book, to my movie. Yes. Is if they slaughter this woman and everything's great afterwards. You've, you've, you've glossed over a bit of adventuring here. They swing from a rope. <laughs> Let's get some adventuring. Oh, yes, they do. And they climb up a waterfall? Yeah, it's, it's very adventurous. Uh, we it's lose wash and it's buckling. Yes, we lose a couple more. Uh, mm. Lose a couple more of our heroes, and um, Beowulf gets low. gets poisoned during his he fight does. with uh, Grendel's mum. Oh God! Yep, and they get him back home, and he's like, "Write about my deeds. I will." Would you mind if I made the weird bear people into a gross monster and his gross mum, and also put a dragon in it? Whatever. <laughs> and also become Arabic <laughs> instead of Anglo-Saxon. <laughs> I've always hated my Anglo-Saxon <laughs> nature, so... Another nerdy point. The, the Norse had been writing with runes for thousands of years at this point. That's true. They've never seen writing. <laughs> well, maybe these guys are just kind of dumb. Yeah, you know, super dumb. You can draw sounds. You can draw sounds. <laughs> like One of them should be like, yeah, we can all do that. It's just you, Beowulf. <laughs> ignore, ignore the mean men. They are mean and not representative of me and my people. Show me how you write the sound. You draw the sounds. So now we've got to have the same battle again because yes. we forgot well, to kill the leader. Look, they made it. They killed the leader at great personal cost. They learned something about the nature of adventure and now they can go... Oh, the test audience didn't like that. <laughs> oh, they want the ending of the battle to be more exciting. What if we do a battle <laughs> again, battle. but during <laughs> the day in the rain? Oh shit! Ah, oh, rain that's is gonna be like nothing I've ever seen. Uh, a sickly bear wolf uh, comes out um, in order to uh, try to kill the final surprise boss. Yes, very quickly. <laughs> very quickly, he manages this. The entire battle sequence is about two minutes. And also in slow motion, so it's very cost-effective filming. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I better sit dramatically before I die. <laughs> so he does that. And now the kingdom is safe forever, I guess. Probably. Until the bear people decide someone else is their leader. And then the editor uh, is like, how long is the runtime? We need to get out of here. Oh, my God. <laughs> we Jesus Christ, bury him. 
Burn him, send, pack him off. <laughs> but wave goodbye. I'm leaving. Mutual respect. <laughs> framing device. We had a framing device. He's writing the story. Credits. Go oh, home. Yes. Credits. <laughs> the 30 warriors are hilariously credited with their defining character trait next to them. And we could all go home and enjoy our themed happy meal around this particular film. With a, a well-spent one hour and... 50 <laughs> minutes, I think. I believe the original cut was 127 minutes, the one that was <laughs> Jesus. Uh, unwatchable Next, by test, yeah. test screenings, yeah. <laughs> by test screenings, yeah, Jesus. I guess we know who the real Grendel's mum is. Bloody test screenings. <laughs> I feel very sorry for the editor of this movie. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. There are some movies where sometimes we watch a terrible movie and we find out that it was edited to buggery. And you do cut... This goes all the way back to Kangaroo Jack. And you do wonder... <laughs> Like, it's where it all began. What's the original like? It's where it all began. Way back in the day, like one of those old Nam conspiracy theories. <laughs> it all began with Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> you do wonder. You wonder about the movie that was kept away from you. Yes. And it's like, I wonder what that 127 minute version was, what Bef- it was like, and if it still exists in any way. Before all the reshoots, and they had to be sliced yeah. back in, and like, mm. how much. How much are we missing in terms of like, did they attempt to characterize all these characters? Did, did the, they? Did the plot line with the king's son go anywhere? Like, yeah. What was yeah, the Yeah, did it? Like, <laughs> it must have. Something must have happened there. And it's intrigue, you know, it's a little bit of stuff. Anyway, what do you make upon this rewatch? What do you make of the 13th Warrior? Look, I, I, su- I think I surprisingly enjoyed this film. It, 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 oh, lovely. It is a bit of a mess. Um, it's certainly a bit of a mess. <laughs> but it's, it's, mm. it's, not badly made it has good sets no it has good costumes yes um yes it 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 travels forward at a, at a decent pace um despite That's its it, long runtime there's always they're always doing something um, yeah they, they they drag out things in a couple of places with perhaps unnecessarily but a surprisingly yeah. it's just an average movie but i don't mm. I, it doesn't make me angry or hateful having seen it oh what a waste of my time yeah yeah i'm just like yeah that was weird had some odd choices <laughs> yeah it didn't it did not work but it didn't explode did in a fire not, not work yeah 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 <laughs> it, it made me feel very non-committal is what it did to me <laughs> <laughs> i would say i i quite enjoyed it i think what it does is it kind of puts me in mind of the movies i hold very dear to my heart of the sort of the historical epics that came in the wake of Gladiator and Braveheart. Mm. There was a little cycle there of these movies. Um, uh, we previously covered on the podcast King Arthur, the Anton Fuquay one with Clive Owen and uh, Kira Knightley as uh, <laughs> Guinevere, which um, is not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. But it, what it does for me is it kind of... I love the world that it creates and it puts me in the mood of a sort of spirit of adventure. Mm-hmm. And I could say that this 13th Warrior kind of does the same. It has this kind of... Yeah, swashbuckling kind of, you know, heading off into the wilds in order to face a dangerous foe, you know, a band of warriors sort of, Mm. you know, it's got a romance to it that I quite enjoyed. And yeah, some of the battle sequences are very loftily uh, done, if not, you know, incredibly technically impressive. I don't know how good the choreographer was. A lot of (laughs) horses and horse work, like tons, tons of extras. Like yes. loads of costumes, and despite some anachronisms, I feel like it's very mm. immersive. You like once you, yeah. especially like once you get to like the Norse village. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. It feels very lived in and very real. Like you, you, yeah, yeah. You don't go, oh, this is obviously on a set. You know, yeah. You, you, you feel like you're there, and that's what you want in an adventure movie. You want to be yeah. transported, uh, and I think it does it Absolutely. very well. And I think what you want from stuff that involves like Scandinavia of that time is you want the sort of sparseness and the ruggedness um, that, for example, Nicholas w- uh, Wending Refn achieved with Valhalla, Valhalla Rising. You know, a kind of just almost, I don't know, end of the world kind of feel to it with mist and rock. Almost and... Skyrim-esque. Yeah, Skyrim-esque. <laughs> Something like Game of Thrones, I think, would really, really be good, I think. <laughs> So, yeah, it, it hits those notes. And, you know, there, there is, at its heart, a very interesting story that I, maybe gets lost in the shuffle a little bit, which is surprising. Considering, you know what, if you told me the mo- this is a movie where the guy who wrote the screenplay and the, um, 
He didn't write the screenplay. It's so weird that the novelist wrote this. Yes. <laughs> he took over directing. Yes. That's such a weird fucking decision. It is You'd weird. you think a producer would be handed it next. Yeah, so he wrote the book. <laughs> someone else wrote a script. Yeah. A third person. Two guys wrote the screenplay. Two guys wrote the screenplay, and then when the movie didn't turn out very well, they got the yeah. author of the source book to come and do the reshoots. <laughs> He must have been a producer as well, because that's madness. He also threw out the entire score. Yes, he did, and got Jerry Goldsmith to do a new one. And Lisa Gerard featured on the original score, apparently, <laughs> which is interesting. Again, we, I want to know what the original score was. It's, well, yeah. it's lost to time, these, these aspects Oh, I want to see it. this McTiernan version. It's, oh, I wish people gave a shit. I wish people <laughs> could say, release the McTiernan cut, hashtag. I think I can comfort- comfortably say, or confidently say, that mm. no one has talked about this movie before us. Yeah. Probably no. for, for <laughs> ten years, I think. <laughs> at least not oh, at this, least. in this in depth. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have said so, and that's I love that. I love it when we go return to like a a little abandoned corner mm. of um history. Like I don't know, it puts me in mind of that Crusader film that was supposed to star Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's one of those infamous um lost in product development hell kind of stories. Yes. It's it's very curious what the industry was up to in the nineties and. Whenever, the ways in which projects like this gets uh, gets kind of messed up. Whenever I've talked about this movie, like as in like, mm. oh, what are you what are you doing for one good thing? <laughs> and the Thirteenth Warrior, the yeah. response is, oh, oh yeah, that movie. Yeah, it's one of those. I isn't sort it? of remember that. Everyone's sort of. I've seen. <laughs> I think I've seen. I've that. seen the cover of that VHS <laughs> in Blockbuster a couple of times when I was a teen. Antonio Banderas <laughs> looking sternly at me. <laughs> looking vaguely Middle Eastern. <laughs> An Islamic main character is kind of interesting. Yes, um, yes not- that's what I was going to say, sorry. It's, we ret- By having the novelist, if you told me this is a movie where the novelist took over, or the writer, I would say, oh, well, he probably then favoured the dialogue sequences and the, the character stuff, because that's the stuff you'll have felt most precious about. And yet it does feel like those are the elements that have kind of gone, like... I would have been very interested in more of a focus on the idea of this is a religious man, a scholar, a man totally out of his depth, you know, who has no fighting experience, I guess, beyond maybe fencing, you mm. know, standard, like, gentlemanly, chivalric... He does some you know, sword kind of tricks thing, at one he... point, though, so what the... F- yes, he does. What the hell? <laughs> Where'd you learn that? Who are you? <laughs> I am not a warrior, uh, except for this cool <laughs> stuff I can do. This is this is a dance that I did for the Sultan once, you know, I, I it's... It's very interesting. This is underdeveloped thing of like, you know, meeting yes. of cultures, right? Where it's like yes. they he 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 thinks they're gross and disgusting. Uh yes. and 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 they think he's he's a snob and prissy and and whatever, right? And yeah, they yeah. don't respect him. And they kind of kind they kind of come to, you know, it's a classic kind of idea of oh, they they come to know one another and 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 respect yeah. each other. Find mutual ground. An enemy mine, if you will. Um mm. yeah. Uh, for another weird deep cut, um, uh, but that doesn't really—that that isn't emphasized. It's sort of hanging no. around in the background. But I feel like Crichton knows what makes a movie. He's a novelist who, sure. when he works in cinema, he knows mm. what what stays in the book and what should be what should be changed for a film. Like he, like you said in yeah. the trivia, he changed it from an old woman being murdered to. Which probably, yeah. if she's an evil old crone in the book, it kind of works. But if you visually yeah. see them cut the head off an old woman, yeah. it probably doesn't reflect that well. Maybe he learned some lessons from Jurassic Park in that regard, because mm. Spielberg really did. Spielberg and Cope, um, I never know if that's how you're meant to be pronouncing his name, David <laughs> Coep. Perhaps, I don't know, but they did such a clean-up job, really, on what was, quite honestly, a very dark novel, yes. really. There's some really sinister stuff in there, including John Hammond just getting eaten by the little dinosaurs that finish <laughs> off Peter Stromer in the second one. So, <laughs> they will reserve this fate for someone who deserves it, they re- they re- reckoned. I mean, if you're going to learn from someone about the language of movies, Spielberg's a oh, pretty, pretty good person to learn from. Damn right. Absolutely. So, I think there he kind of learned what a conventional kind of story looks like, and how to make his ideas fit into it, but I would argue maybe the ideas get a little lost. Mm. But there is still a sense of adventure there. There's still some entertaining stuff. Um, and I think we should get to that. I think we should quickfire. Quickfire. Uh, I've, I mentioned it before, but I, I love the costumes. I think they're great. It's one yeah. of the few things they do actually use to characterize the... 
it's the kind of shorthand you get for the 13 warriors. They all wear different armor, yeah. which kind of works because the Norse did like to take their armor off people uh, that they killed. Right. So that kind of yep. works that they've all got a mishmash of armor, but it's a, it's it's well made. It doesn't look stupid. Um, you know, it feels like real metal armor and it gives you a quick shorthand for who they all are when they appear on screen. And just it's just obviously there's a lot of care being put into the costuming, both of them and their antagonists, the yep. the, the 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 eaters of the dead. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love that. I love the sort of assembled kind of improvised because, you know, you don't want to see like a bunch of guys in uniform. You know, I love the idea that there's character being expressed through that. And that's that's always really fun. Um, I would say that the music in general is really fun. It has like a good sense of grandiose adventure. But earlier on, when I was trying to remember the main f- melody of like the hero theme, I was humming something and then realized, I think I might be humming the main melody for Kingdom of Heaven, oh. the Ridley Scott movie. <laughs> It reminded me of Star Wars as well in parts. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) That swelling when he's like looking at the twin sunset. There's bits that are like really close to that. But I think the score is is pretty serviceable. It does its good job, I think. I think so. Yeah. It does a good job without calling too much attention to itself. I am curious what that original score is like. So I've got to just throw this one out there. It just can't stand on its own. But one of the notes I just put is, Bandaras is very handsome. <laughs> <laughs> That's a note I felt that need to make in a, case a I forgot. Quick fire. He's definitely, <laughs> he's definitely handsome. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, so I quite like... Um, uh, there, there's a, a little bit of uh, fun, uh, mm. underplayed humor in this. So um, yeah. the... the uh, hey, do you want to drink after this? We survived this big battle. No, I can't have yeah. fermentation of grape or wheat. And he's like, ha it's honey. Suck it. Um, I think it's funny. I think it's <laughs> yeah. nice. And it's in world. It's not, yeah. it's not quick. Yeah. It's not quipping, um, you know, yeah. it, it, for the one liners for the sake of it, you know, yeah. it just has a little bit of lightheartedness sprinkled in. And I think it's used well. I think they do just enough of it. Yeah. You know, when he, when he claps back about, you know, his, uh, them, you know, yeah. at least I know my father, you son of a whore, right? It's it's good. It's funny. Um, and it's, so I think yeah. the balance of humor in this is good and very not Hollywood. Yeah. Yes, agreed. It didn't feel like Marvel kind of crowbying in, you know, modern comedy into context to which it doesn't belong. There was a line that actually caught me off guard in terms of how funny it was, where um, they've just fought their way through this cave and it's been horrible and they're, they're lowest depth now. And they hear this rumbling noise and one of the Vikings just says, um, Go on, make it worse. That was gonna rain. <laughs> and everybody laughs at that. And I, I thought, that is a good line. That's a good, I would laugh at that, where I had this Viking in a cave. And it was nice that he was trying to relieve the horrible tension of this situation. <laughs> By like, hey, we're going to drown as well. Um, <laughs> and that's that, uh, that leads me into another good thing, which is, you know, a good bit of clean setup and payoff there. Um, mm. You know, earlier they're like, oh, I think it's going to rain. He's like, don't worry about that. It's just the thunder from the cliffs, um, yeah. from the sea hitting the cliffs. And then he remembers that later. Uh. He's like, aha, that is actually, that's not rain. That is That means the sea is nearby, which means we can escape this yeah. way. So it's nice. Yes. It doesn't feel like Deus Ex yeah. that oh, this just happens to be a way out. <laughs> they have to. Yeah. He remembers that that something he was told earlier, and that gets them out of there. So that, that's, that's quite great. nice as well. It's a good bit of plotting there, I think. I love that because you you need like to draw out more the idea that this is a scholar, and you do it a few times where he figures out things, but sometimes the things he figures out are quite mundane, like the fact that the bear people aren't bears. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Despite everyone having seen their artificial claws on a stick that they carry, he's the one who's like, wait a minute. They're men. A scholar, you say? <laughs> and then he's like, they're not men because we need to have them be baddies. And so they have a lot of yeah, skulls. Yeah, yeah. They have a lot of skulls. <laughs> they have a lot of skulls. It's very upsetting. I think they're meant to be Neanderthals in the original book, or at least descended yes, from. I- yeah. I saw this described. I saw the original book as like um, Vikings versus cavemen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is, you know, again, sold. <laughs> right. When Beowulf uh, very brutally cuts a guy um, during the sort of funeral at the beginning, that he's like, he like, um, he just cuts him and it's like a, a, an open wound mm. on his chest. That's a good bit of violence. That, that caught me off guard. Yeah. The, 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 um, 
Practical effects are a little patchy, so when the heads come off, it's mm. quite bad. <laughs> um, yeah. But other parts like that, they're quite good. Um, yeah. The, the, Takes you by surprise sometimes. The murdered family in the farmstead. Yeah, oh my god, there's some very good viscera in there, including an arm that just sort of drops off yeah. and flops onto the floor. And and it's, it's and they kind of it's kind of veiled as well. You kind of see people hanging yeah. like strung up in the background. So it's well handled. They use their practical effects quite quite well in yeah. places in other places. Yeah. It kind of the more focus on them the more it kind of falls apart. Um Yeah. But I do like the Absolutely. I do like the kind of antagonists overall. So this is my next kind of quick fire thing. They mm. it's an interesting decision to take a supernatural being in Grendel the monster yeah. and his mother and, yes. and make them into this tribe, this evil tribe from the north. Yeah. But the, that mystery yeah. of like what are they? Where have they come from? Why do they yeah. want to kill us? It's nice that mm. they kind of keep it kind of hidden and they're just these kind of savage painted warriors there's a little bit of colonial kind of feeling to it but it's not over the top um and they make kind of quite good kind of uh faceless baddies in a way they yeah yeah they they feel (laughs) they feel definitely threatening because they're intelligent and 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 they strategize uh, and they they use intimidation tactics Absolutely. I think they were very good foes and they were very intimidating as well. They have something of the um, movie here in the UK called Kill List, which features these very frightening sort of um, ugh, folk figures, but also, uh, I guess, Bone Tomahawk is a similar kind of deal. There's there's a thing, uh, one thing that I thought could have been done with them, the idea, because they do build up a fair amount of pathos. They, the original... Um, uh, whoever it is who is originally responsible for Beowulf, builds up a fair amount of pathos with Grendel, who yes. is this hideous monster, but is very much implied to have been created by Hrothgar's indifference. And one of the reasons that he attacks the Norsemen is because yes. their joy pains him. Mm. He hears yes. them He hears them carrying on and drinking and being happy, yeah. and that, that yes. gives him pain. And so there's definitely some pathos yeah. there. Yeah, they could have perhaps yeah. taken one alive. And then it's his alive. mother who shows up after that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and if it could be implied that maybe these nor- these men were created by Hrothgar, who's, you know, maybe hoarded all of the nation all of the land's wealth into his you know area or something like that and drove and them created this kind of underclass yeah, yeah. It drove them out and yeah. they've come back to reclaim their lands. literally underground yeah yeah absolutely there could be something there and then yeah that would have been interesting though a bit more of humanization i guess yeah. often but we'll just add another 30 minutes on the movie for that it's fine yeah come on now <laughs> come on um, I will have again, once again, the um, the demonstration of him learning uh, Scandinavian by sort of, by Norwegian, I guess, by watching them. The close-ups on mouths cutting to another, and then we are hearing... Um, like the Norwegian language, and then suddenly it sort of get the odd human, uh, human. human. Oh my word. god, human! Oh no, human word. Oh, oh no. no! Look, I didn't want to come out this way, but it's about time we stood up to the Norwegians. <laughs> <laughs> They're just not human. <laughs> They're lizard folk. Yeah, and I he, mean, you know it. I know you it. You can see where he's. He, they, they, they yes. give you his perspective because they make him. They, they, they repeat a phrase. And you can you can yes. see that mentally he's like oh I, I'll try and remember that. And over the course of several different you know fireplace sort of moments, he sort of gradually learns to speak their language, and that's really really cool. It, it is it's it never comes up again. The fact that he's a non-native speaker, it no. never comes up again that maybe they say something and he doesn't know the word like fubar. What's fubar? You know, it's, <laughs> he's now fluent. No, he's fluent now. Yeah, he's fluent. It'll be fine for the rest of the movie. <laughs> to be fair, I guess they don't have that much to talk about. I mean, it is it is really a method to get the subtitles out of the film and have everyone speak yes. English. But at least it's, yeah. it's at least they cared that much. Yeah, you know, absolutely, and and handled it in a somewhat believable manner. And then remove it from maybe the film. Maybe he's really, really smart. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's just got a knack <laughs> for languages, you know. That you know, yeah, and he's pick it up. he's doing immersion. You know, he hasn't got anything else to do. So for yeah, me, exactly. it, it is believable that it that it would happen, um, yeah. happen that way. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love the locations like they film in. So the opening oh, yeah. scenes are filmed in modern day Russia. So you have that kind of steps ah. kind of feel when they're yep. traveling in the caravan. Mm. And then obviously they have come to do some some stuff in in um in Norway and stuff. That that landscape is really yeah. good. Um yeah, yeah, it's great. Misty landscapes. It's beautiful. Yeah, I really love it. Yeah. And they make good good use yeah. of it, you know. Uh, there's a real sense of yeah. place. The the great hall is is really kind of well situated on that hill, um, mm. and and you get a sense of the landscape around it that they're protecting. Yeah. Um. And and yeah, that just it just gives the film an authenticity that 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 helps that adventure feel of it, for sure. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. I love feeling drawn into a sort of landscape. Um. Oh, I think just saying draw sounds is a really cool way of describing writing. <laughs> Obviously, yes, it is ridiculous. They have their written language. Most civilizations have a written language of some sort <laughs> <laughs> knocking about in there. It's And it's part of the ongoing depiction of Scandinavian cultures as largely just being sort of, you know, rapers and pillagers, and, which they did. They did a lot of it. Also, you know, the idea that they just had no culture. Yes. Because they, when they <laughs> watch the Viking funeral and they burn the ship, yes. they, they specifically mention this is the old way. You won't see this again. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're, mm. they're even kind of explicitly addressing that their culture is advancing, that's changing and yeah. evolving. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and and you know the 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 village they visit, you know, it, it, yeah. you know doesn't seem just totally savage or whatever. It doesn't really delve yeah. into their culture, yeah. but it definitely feels like you know they have their own yeah. they have their own way of life, you know. Yeah, and just because they all sneeze into the same pool of water and share it to wash their hands with it's, doesn't mean, you know, it's lads, you know? It's just, it's it's lads. just lad stuff, you know. It's just lads. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a bit where one of the big ones, like, looks at Antonio Banderas, who's, I think, struggling to hit a pole with his uh, straight sword. Mm. And he shakes his head in disappointment and then returns to what he was doing. And what he was doing was punching a pole into the ground with his own hands. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, I love that, just sort of, ugh, he's not a man. Punch, punch, punch. <laughs> Get a hammer, dude. Um, just, it reminds me of, okay, I've just had a series of thoughts. Okay, so. Okay. They they know how to deal with cavalry charges, right? Yeah. Because they, yes. they have the yeah. stakes and they put the, yeah. they put the stakes in the ground. They're like, what do I do? And you like, stand on the pole yeah. and we'll break the cavalry charge, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How come how come the Wendell have so many horses? Where do they keep yeah. them if they live in caves? <laughs> and how are they Very such true. proficient riders? If they're if they're, you know, backwards if they're largely tribesmen. cave based. Well indeed. <laughs> Just kinda of glossed over all of that. Okay. Yes. Yes, fair enough. You don't really think about it, I guess, when you're watching cool like Epic battle. It's like, hang on a minute. <laughs> Where are these horses coming? Where do they have so many? They got a thousand horses. It's nuts. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and I think at my final thing, it's the final shot, which I've noted down as being particularly beautiful. I think it's the ship, like uh, sailing away from Norway now with like the sun uh, above it. I think that's the final shot. I think they, uh, whatever it was. Is that intercut with him writing? Ah uh, yes. Story. I think that's be. the last last shot. Yeah. Um, which is yeah, maybe a yeah. bit of a shame. I feel like they were like, "Oh yeah, we had a framing device where he was <laughs> oh, talking to the to audience. We should probably yeah. have him write something." <laughs> um, yeah. At least he's accurately <laughs> writing in Arabic and right to left. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. I assume oh, it's yeah. accurate. Uh, <laughs> in any case, it's a, it's quite a nice fitting metaphor that a beautiful shot should be written by an image of someone writing in a book. Yes. Like, that's kind of <laughs> kind of an insight into what happened here. What do you think of Excellent. the cin- cinematography okay. overall? Just to quickly derail I think it was No, no, no. I think there was some good stuff in there. There were some shots that have stuck in my mind since. Um, some of uh, the sequences were a little hard to discern. In general, maybe a lack of focus in some places um, in terms of, I don't know. Uh, I think the fight scenes are not so good, but the, the kind of establishing yeah. stuff is a lot better. Some really inventive stuff. It was a hodgepodge. You can see, and I did see someone you know, uh, talking about the difference between the two different styles and how you can kind of tell the reshoot stuff because the camera becomes less romantic. It becomes a lot more practical sort of yes. TV style we, shot reverse shot. We need to tell a story here, guys. 
Yeah, yeah. We need to get we so many lines. We've got so many days of filming left. Let's just get on with this. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with <laughs> but that. Some impressive stuff. Mm. Excellent. All right. Well, that's that. I forgot to ask the team. I forgot to ask the team. Oh no, I forgot to ask the team. Oh no. Sorry, team. So we got no we've got no <laughs> questions from the peanut gallery. We have no uh, impressions from the OG team, and I apologize for that, first and foremost, but we'll blame Goodman for not being here. It's <laughs> being the primary reason. Definitely him who dropped the ball. I genuinely forget that he has functions in this show <laughs> that I need to take <laughs> over when he's not here. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, oh, yeah, maybe we'll asshole. do a follow-up question for uh, episode yes, for we'll do all, a- of the, all of the comments that people will definitely have. <laughs> Definitely. We're going to collect from every OGT member individually and get back to you. <laughs> so there's nothing left to do but to storm right on into the uh, one better thing. The one better thing. Look, just, 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 just go watch Lord of the Rings. Just go watch it. Oh, I mean, come on. Lord <laughs> of the Rings is the best. It's, it's an ensemble I've... cast with adventure. Yep. With, with, yeah. with great scenery. Um, oh my god amazing production it's just just iconic battle sequences i I feel a little unfair saying this they're obviously very (laughs) different but like it is a lot of the similar feelings but perfect refined and perfected yeah you know um, absolutely don't rohan looks like vikings (laughs) that's right don't go and watch beowulf (laughs) Uh, no, don't do that. Don't watch that. <laughs> For the love of God. The one worse You're thing. way better off with the 13th Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, check out King Arthur, says this guy. <laughs> says says old Paul, if you want to see someone else's sort of um, fated um, choice of uh, a, a sort of medieval fantasy, mm. then yeah, King Arthur's my choice. <laughs> the, 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 um, the thing that... Ma- this, the, the, more than like what better to watch, this is the one that made me think of things like it could be worse. So yes. So it made me think of Troy as well, which is another film Aww. where they tried to like <laughs> take the magic, yeah. take the magic out of a historical yeah. tale. Um, yes, they took all the gods out, and it, it yes, and it's just and, and made Achilles straight, uh, which is just wrong. Oh, that's bullshit. Um, that is bullshit. I will agree, <laughs> but I do, I do have a soft spot for Troy, and I do think there is still a fair amount of homoeroticism in have there. You, have you covered Troy? The loving. No, we haven't. I thought about it. I thought about it when we did King Arthur mm. because I wanted to cover one of the movies from that cycle, and I was spoiled for choice for picking the one that's poorly reviewed. <laughs> I could have had Kingdom of Heaven, Alexander, um, yeah, <laughs> the Joan oh, wow. of Arc one with Mila Jovovich. Oh wow, yeah! Like I was, I was spoiled for joy. I ended up on King Arthur. I can't remember. I think it might have been like the lowest percentage on one. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but yeah, we could have, we could have easily approached Troy, and I would have been happy to have done so. <laughs> this is just all just teasers for upcoming content. <laughs> Keep an eye out, every single one of you. <laughs> so, uh, that'll do it for the one better thing. The one better thing. How can people find out about uh, you, this Phil, and all your endeavours? It's me, I'm Phil, hello. Uh, I am part That's of one. Baby Beard Media. Uh, so we are an Australian-based mm. podcasting team uh, who, who mainly focus on storytelling in tabletop yes. RPGs. So we have a show mm. called Roll to Cast, that's R-O-L-E, to cast uh we've been nominated this year for best fiction podcast in the australian podcast awards so we're very very proud of Mm. that um if this still comes out before the end of november um yes you can vote for us in the listeners choice awards uh at the australian podcast awards.com so uh yeah link in the description look for roll to cast r-o-l-e if you type it wrong it nothing comes up so make sure you spell that right <laughs> uh, and look out for us we do a different rpg every season um so mm. we've got five seasons under our belt right now and we're just about to start season ah. six which is the witcher ttrpg but we've Amazing. done cyberpunk uh we've done kids on bikes uh we've done some pulp cthulhu mm. there's a little bit for everyone in there so please please yeah. check that out um it's our pride and joy and we're very very proud of it so yeah that's us Rightly so. It's an extraordinary series. And if you're, you know, if you're into one good thing, then you really need to be checking out the baby beard stuff because it's just, it's, it's like, I feel like there's a kinship there at this stage. Well, we're very much the little sibling. We have, but, um, we have original soundtracks. little sibling. We have original soundtracks yes. for every season and, um, uh, missing Paul, uh, Mr. Goodman, um, yes. did the soundtrack for the first five seasons. So there is a, yeah. a, a very much a kinship, a brotherhood. Absolutely. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the fingerprints of Baby Beard is all over OGT in ways that you can even imagine. <laughs> but it would be unrecognizable without. Really, we, I think we we touched base. I don't know. Words fail me. But we got we we came aware of each other very early in our podcasting game. Mm. Um, and it has felt like just Baby Beard's been a constant companion throughout the uh, turbulent times of the podcasting. Yes, just don't get experience. the black light out and, and you can just leave it to your imagination. <laughs> Our fingerprints are all over it. <laughs> it's the best. Don't worry about that. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining me and for bringing uh, the 13th Warrior. It's been absolutely, yeah, a, a joy to once again revisit one of these uh, great movies. <laughs> really, I really enjoy I really enjoy your picks. Like They're always really interesting. Anaconda and um, Pass Through. <laughs> and now this. It's just been... <laughs> It's been a cinematic journey. My absolute pleasure. And I can't wait for what's next. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Uh, I'll see you again soon. Yeah, absolutely. And yep, anyone at home, you want to find out more about One Good Thing, it's OGT Pod. That's the magical series of sounds that you need to find out more. Get onto um, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can find us on any of the podcatchers. And um, become a Patreon, why not? Where there's all sorts of content. Um, there's some very weird stuff coming out. We just released... How do you describe what we just released? Me and Goodman having a go at singing the various Bond themes when he hasn't heard most of them. Yeah, that'll do. Um, there's a lot of um, Paul's to be buried with stuff. We're doing that with more people now, asking people questions about their movie history. We've got another 50 Paul's of Shade, uh, 50, Sh- uh, 50 Shades of Grey parody thing has gone up. It's all very ridiculous and fun, so check that all out in the Patreon. Uh, but yeah, until next time, I'm Paul Salt. I'm Paul. Paul Phil. And remember, the one good thing about the 13th Warrior is that Antonio Banderas can be from wherever he bloody well likes. (laughs) 